Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. The year is 2018, the month is April, and people are in a panic in the Charm City. And I'm here to tell you, probably the news that you don't want to hear, it might get worse before it gets better. Welcome to the Masson All Access Podcast. Paul Mancano alongside Bobby Blanca. We are the two producers for Masson All Access on Facebook Live, on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Bobby, uh, with the Orioles, things might get worse before they get better because things are not looking great right now. It's the complete opposite of what we were saying last year this time around because of the hot start the Orioles had. Yep. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be another great season, another playoff run. Um, and then now we're like, everyone's tanking. It's <laughs> um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen, let's trade everybody, should have traded Machado, should have traded Britain. Um, our pitching hasn't gotten any better. It's four games into the season. Yes, it doesn't look great, but time to hit the panic button? Not entirely sure. Um, but these first four games, Paul, did not come without a little controversy. And I cannot believe that it was took the third game of the season before we're already, the Orioles are already making national headlines um, in terms of their opponents talking some trash. The Twins did not like what went down on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, You want them to be in the news for good things. This was... Not exactly a bad thing. Chance Cisco in the third game of their series with the Twins on Sunday was facing the shift, the over shift to the right side, laid a bunt down that third base line, and everybody freaked out. Most importantly, the Twins. Uh, they, in the post-game interviews and press conferences in their locker rooms, uh, basically said uh, that was not a smart play. It wasn't a... It, it was against the unwritten, unwritten rules, rules of baseball. Of baseball. So, okay, if it's unwritten, so he didn't break anything. Yeah, which, underst- I mean, th- I'm going to say the unwritten rules are a thing. They're not, it's not mythical. This is an actual thing, you know, and players should try to uh, abide by the unwritten rules of baseball. This didn't break any unwritten rules. What, I don't know what rules it broke. What unwritten, what unwritten rule says that a player can't bunt down the third baseline when the opposing team is giving it to him and the opposing pitcher has a one-hitter going with a, what was it, a six-run lead, five-run lead in the ninth? Seven-run. Seven-run lead. Sorry. (laughs) Good heavens. Like, good, poor chance, Cisco. I feel so bad for the kid. Um, You know, he's a guy who makes his first major league roster out of spring training. Uh, The team he's only been with his entire career, the team that drafted him. And um, he's just trying to come up here and make a play, contribute. The Orioles needed a rally right there, yeah. you know. I, I credit Chancisco for understanding the situation. He saw the shift. He realized, hey, we don't need a long ball right here. We need base runners to start a rally. Yep. And uh, hello, it happened. The Orioles ended up loading the bases that inning. Um, you know, obviously the rally fell short. They lost the game. But that's what you need, to, you need right there. You need guys on base to score. You don't need him swinging for the fences or, God forbid, hitting in, getting an out, hitting into that shift. Yeah. So like, what, 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 I don't understand what they wanted him to do. Yeah, I, I, the only unwritten rule I can think of that they would be referring to is in the ninth inning, if you're bunting, trying to get on base during a no-hitter or a perfect game. That not wasn't the case. Not even close to the <laughs> case. It's like, okay, good for, was it Jose Barrios? Yeah. Like, good for him. Like, one hitter, he pitched excellent, not yeah. taking anything away from him, but, you know, you're, you're not, yes, 
the I think it was the best outing of his career. It was his career best yeah. eventually because he I think it turned into a three hitter. Mm. But his first complete game shutout, awesome, good for him. But we're not dealing with a monumental historic event in all of baseball. You know, it wasn't a no hitter. Wasn't a perfect game. Yeah. Kids just trying to play baseball. You know, you play to win the game. <laughs> I mean, I'm hitting the the table again. I'm sorry. You play to win the game. Yeah, as Herm Edwards once said. He uh, did. Different sport. Different sport. Different still time. applies. Still applies. Still applies uh, in every sport. Uh, you you know, you're trying to get on base. You're tank. trying to score. You're trying to get your team in a position where they can start a rally. And I love how the Twins were like, you know, the Orioles they got some good. I mean, credit to them. I mean, they didn't. They weren't completely blasting him, but they were like, yeah, they got some good leadership over there. Adam Jones, Chris Davis, they'll they'll talk to him and let you know. I bet you, Davis and Jones were just like, yeah, we'll talk to him. Hey, Chance, next time they do that, you do the exact same thing. Yeah, because that was a hell great of, job, hell of a bunch. <laughs> great job. I mean, that, that was a heck of a bunch, and it was exactly what everybody has been imploring certain guys on this team to do more who face the overshift. I mean, this would not be an issue if the Twins didn't come out in the locker room. I, I, I don't think anybody in the media thought was up in arms over this. I don't suspect anybody would have made a big deal out of this. This story wouldn't have carried past uh, that evening had the Twins not gone out and complained about it and said, I'm going to put one of the players saying, I'm going to put a fastball by his ear hole. I mean, come on. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Like you're gonna go hurt a play, or hurt a rookie who's just trying to make a play for his team? Yeah. It's not like it'd be one thing, Paul, if Chance laid down the bunt and then was jogging down to first base, laughing and pointing at Barry. I was like, <laughs> ah, got you. Like, not even the case. Yeah. Chance Cisco is the most unassuming person in that Orioles locker room. Yeah. Again, he's just a young rookie yeah. trying to make a play and you know perform. And he made his first major league roster. He's trying to stay on the team exactly. you know, and contribute and show, hey, I can play. I can play with these guys. Yeah, you know, I, I understand the, the the metrics of the game and what the situation. And I can perform. Um, I think um, Rakubako in his following morning piece said it best: PEDs aren't good for baseball. Imaginary rain delays down the road aren't good for baseball. <laughs> Crab cakes served in media dining rooms and at concession stands outside of Maryland aren't good for baseball. Putting a runner runner on second base to start the 10th inning to speed up the game wouldn't be good for baseball. A bunt in that situation? Let's not overreact here. Yeah. He also tweeted out earlier that day or that evening basically the same thing. If you don't want him to bunt, don't put the overshift on. That's basically saying we're going to play you and we're going to try to get you out. So he's saying, okay, I'm going to try to get on base. If you don't want him to try to bunt and get on base, then don't have the overshift. It's just as simple as that. That's the same thing, same principle with if you're holding a guy on first base, that means he can go ahead and take second. Whereas if you're playing off the bag in a blowout game in the ninth, typically you try not to steal the second base because... Teams of you know they're giving you that base seven nothing lead in the ninth inning and you're shifting on a rookie. I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't want him to bunt. The, don't, I mean, just just play him straight up. You, yeah. What do you think he's gonna do? He can't score seven runs on one swing. Yeah. The worst he can do is he gets a base hit and then you you keep playing in the ninth. You can, are you that worried that you can't protect a seven nothing lead in the in the ninth inning with your pitcher pitching the best game of his life? I mean, I, I mean let let let's actually hear because yeah. Um, Rick Dempsey, if you missed it on Masson, on sorry, on Masson last night, Ozak show, Rick Dempsey just went off on the situation. It was a great two-minute yeah. rant. Um, there have been some hot takes, and there is what Rick Dempsey brought out on Ozak's show. It's just amazing. Let's give a listen right now. 
A lot of tough talk out of the Minnesota Twins yesterday as they left Baltimore winning the last two ball games. They had a great pitching performance. There's no doubt about that. Chancisco comes up. It's not even a no-hit situation. And they're complaining about a rookie coming up there and making a perfect bud down the third base line when they put a shift on. They're complaining. They got their veteran guys talking a lot of trash out there because we bunted on them. They, what have they won? Who are they, by the way? I got to even forget. And then the pitcher, Berrios, well, he's so insulted. He threw a great ball game. I give him that credit. But I just lost a little bit of my respect when he's talking about, oh, a guy really made a bad play on me. He bunted and nobody was there to catch the ball for him. So, oh, you know, tough break right there. He did a great thing. It was a great bunt and a great situation. He got a little bit of a rally going for the Orioles. They didn't really capitalize on it. But you know something? I thought it was a great play and a smart play. Maybe that's what they didn't understand because it was smart because their leadership on their ball club is complaining about a rookie not knowing how to act at the major league level. I got news for it. I've been here 52 years and I never saw a better play than that one right there. Those guys have better recheck themselves. Go in the manager and talk to their manager about do you really think that was a stupid play because Paul Molitor would probably tell them you guys better be quiet at this point right here and let's just go on and play some baseball because we're not that good yet. That's what he probably should say. But anyway, a great play. The one thing that really bothers me the most that they're going to try to intimidate the young kid yesterday who had two hits in that ball game. They're going to try to intimidate him. They're going to put one in his ear the next time. Oh, my gosh. As a catcher, I would like to be that situation when they threw or they hit my player like that. There's a lot of retaliation that's going to come on behalf of those guys that like to chirp a little bit because they had a good series up there. They won two out of three. But that's no time to start talking right there. You better talk to the coaches who really know more about the game than they do before they start shooting their mouths off a little bit too much about a great situation. Okay, Chance Cisco, keep it going, kid, because that situation comes up again. I want to see that same bunt. I mean, I love what Rick had to say right there. Um, I, I think it's hilarious because you can see how fired up he is about it. Oh, yeah. You can hear in his voice. He's, like, almost out of breath. He's just, like... <laughs> Straight fire. I, I want to know how much of that was on the teleprompter, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, no, I think it's totally off the cuff. Do you think, yeah. I think it had to be... I mean, he probably jot down his notes, like, right. his, his thoughts, but yeah. then once he got on camera... Boom! It's showtime, and he just kept going. I, I just love how the oh, game is straight fire. And he's a he's a former catcher too, so of course he's going to defend Chance. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> some hilarious stuff from that too. He said he's been around the game 52 years. Yeah. And he's never seen a better play than that yeah. ever in his career. That might be a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. But uh, Rick, I get your point. Yeah. Other thing too, a point points out, and you know, no offense, but who are you? Minnesota Twins. Right, he took like, some body shots what, there. <laughs> what What have you... You haven't won anything yeah. in recent years. You haven't won a division since, what, the late 2000s, early 2000s? I mean, right. the Orioles Made won the 2014, year, yeah, yeah, as a wild card, got smoked by the Yankees. Right. Uh, like, who, who who are you to... And who is Jose Barrios to... I mean, he's no Justin Verlander, he's no Max Scherzer, he's right. no Clayton Carter. He, why does he deserve... I mean, it's not... A, I don't think it's disrespect, disrespectful to lay down that bun. Why does he... Why do we deserve... What? what, what the, I don't understand. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm out of thought, too, because it's just... What, you're the Minnesota Twins. I don't understand why you deserve... Why you think you deserve all this high praise and this utmost respect and, oh, you shouldn't be laying down a bunt in, in that situation, blah, 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 blah. You guys haven't done anything. You haven't yeah. won anything. Talk to me when you win something. This, this whole situation has brought out some absolutely fire takes from national media, from Orioles media... 
that might be the hottest of them all. I thought that was just straight fire. It was great. From, from it was great. Rick Dempsey. Gotta love Rick on those extra when he gets fired up. Oh yeah, it's it's always a great time. But we that's not the only issue going on. It's been a few days since that happened. We are moving on. The Orioles are moving on, but not very successfully. They last final thought. I will say yeah. I do like how the Orioles. Um, handle this situation and I think Buck said it best just like you know what it happened obviously they're entitled to their opinion we have our owns that are it's completely different yeah. but we're moving on we don't yeah. we don't care now it will be interesting to see what happens when these two teams meet later in the season um, this is true because it, again it happened so early that they do have to play again in Minnesota yeah. at Target Field so but for now let's just move forward yeah absolutely we are moving on and the Orioles moved on to fly down to Houston to take on the Astros for a three-game series, and so far it has not gone well. We are one game in. Orioles are one and three, uh, and th- it begs the question, based on their poor play as of late, they lost last night uh, in a blowout game, another one that they were never in to begin with. Which is more concerning, the hitting or the pitching, because both are not playing on a major league level at this point? I'm going to go with... I think the pitching was always the... The question mark, you know, mm-hmm. that's the that was the biggest storyline throughout spring training, right. throughout the offseason, throughout last season. So I'm going to go with the hitting because the staple of this Orioles team for, you know, in the Buck era, let's let's call it, um, were the bullpen and the power hitting. I mean, this offense could run with anybody. They could put up runs how, how, however, usually, will. Yeah. usually through the long ball, but at will, mm-hmm. however many as they want. You know, they were never. Out, I've always liked to said they they're never out of the game because how quickly and how much they can. Yeah. yeah, and so, but let's look at the standings. In, um, I mean, you got guys like. Hold on, let me trying to get this stats for work here. No, oh, yeah, Trey Mancini's hitting 154. Tim Beckham, oh, 67. Uh, Adam Jones, 188. Pedro Alvarez hasn't recorded a hit yet in three games. Right. Uh, let's see, where's Machado? Machado's hitting 231. Chan Sisko's the best hitter right now, hitting 400 and limited at bats. Danny Valencia's <laughs> hitting 500, two hits and four at bats. So it's, it's, it's the offense to me is the biggest question and concern. It certainly is. Buck Walter actually brought up a great point before this game. It was after the final game of that series with the Twins. When you have this many guys, just about everybody, one through nine on the roster, not hitting. You have to say it's the pitching in that case. Because it, it, nine guys don't just stop hitting. Nine guys who have throughout their career, and many of them are home run hitters, Manny Machado, Jonathan Scope, Adam Jones, don't just stop hitting. They have to have faced tough pitching in that instance. It's not like there's some systematic issue with this team that all of a sudden they just forgot how to hit. They Markel Fultz and forgot how to shoot. They... It, it has to be trust the process always. They have to it, it look at the some of the pitchers that they faced. The Twins, maybe not the best rotation in the big leagues. Okay, fine. But it's a solid team. But it's a solid team. These next couple days, I'm the, the hitting is probably going to get worse before it gets better. Given the two caliber pitchers that they're facing, Justin Verlander tonight and then Dallas Keuchel tomorrow, both won Cy Youngs. Verlander dominated in his first start of the season, went six innings, did not give up a run through just 90 pitches and struck out five. I mean, these guys are gonna are dominant pitchers. The Orioles are not going to pull off a whole lot of hits off these guys. It's not a systematic issue. Yes, it's a concern, but at this point, you got to say, have just trust that they're going to be able to figure it out because these are guys who, throughout their career, have always figured it out. We are four games in to a 162-game season. Uh, 
Charlie Morton on Monday night is considered not a we- I mean he's a great pitcher he's a good mm-hmm. pitcher but he's considered on that rotation for the Astros like the fourth or fifth starter right. and the O's couldn't get anything off him also the fourth or fifth starter on the Astros staff is t- I mean is still pretty damn good still but that's that's the well now you turn over the staff and like you say you have Verlander and Keuchel the mm-hmm. next two games I mean I think the title of someone said it doesn't get any easier. Right. You know, I think yeah. I was up at Mass and Orioles on um, on Twitter. That was our title for our tweet this morning. It doesn't get any easier. Right. If they had a chance to steal a game in Houston, it was probably going to be against Charlie Morton, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. The Orioles are last in the AL, second to last in all of baseball with runs scored with just six. Yeah. They, six runs scored to this offense. I have some stats for you on their offensive ineptitude. Dead last in batting average. They're yep. batting just 134. Next closest is the Rays at 190, so they are almost six points off there second to last in rbis they have just six rbis the giants have two their last in hits with 17 the royals have 20 as the next la- the next up team their last in on base percentage just 231 and they're dead last in slugging percentage not good just across the board they also have not scored a single run off a starter that they have faced and they've been outscored 19 to 3 in the last three games and the difference between the Orioles and the Giants, who the Giants who have the only team who have scored less runs than the Orioles, mm. the Giants start off the season pitching two shutouts. <laughs> they, yeah. they held the Dodgers to zero runs right. through the first 18 innings of the season. So yeah. that, It's the confluence that of yeah. things. Yeah. So that helps. That, that helps them, and that's a luxury the Orioles, unfortunately, don't have right yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just makes it so much more pronounced, given that the pitching has struggled as mightily as it has. Uh, and I, I, you know... I don't want to dwell too much on this offense because I do believe that they're going to turn it around. Teams, this many guys, this many proven hitters and proven power hitters especially, don't just all go into swells that they can't come out of. It, it, it has to be they have just faced good pitching. There is no grand conspiracy here as to, to why they have stopped hitting. They will get it back on track, and based on how they've done in their careers, maybe all of their rise back will you know, coincide, and they will hopefully get uh, a good win streak going later on in April. But look, the the schedule certainly is not. Oh, the schedule is so brutal. Schedule is brutal. We'll go over some of that later. But it is it, part of the reason theme for this podcast is it, it could get worse before it gets better because they do after this go on the road in New York, four yeah. games with the Yankees in the Bronx. Yeah, I guess my general point in the, on this topic is we had an idea that the pitching wouldn't be there to start out. But I don't think anyone was expecting nice. I don't think anyone was expecting this, the offense to be this bad out of the gate. You know, I mean, Absolutely. everyone's always saying, and we said it last week, pitching is always ahead of hitting in spring training and yeah. the beginning of the season, and that's fine. The difference with the Orioles is that the pitching isn't ahead of anybody right now, and the bats are really far behind. So I think that's a greater concern because we expected more of this offense, and it's not there yet to kind of supplement this right. pitching while they kind of. Because we haven't seen Alex Cobb yet. Yeah. Um, Andrew Cashner only has one. Uh, outing under his belt. Mm-hmm. Kevin Galvin didn't look great. I mean, the only bright spot has been Dylan Bundy. Right. But we'll see tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, and the 1 o'clock game going against Dallas Keiko, which will be a phenomenal, should be a phenomenal game. And hopefully Bundy gives them a chance and the offense wakes up and gives them a chance to steal one in Houston if they don't get the job done tonight. Absolutely. And I see your point about the hitting being more concerning. I'm going to take the other side and say the pitching is more concerning because I think those hitters are coming around. I, I, I just We have too much evidence to say that they're going to turn things around. You would think. The, the pitching, we don't have much evidence that they are going to turn things around. Last night, Chris Tillman gave up a run in the first inning, looked like he settled down, and then proceeded to explode in the later innings. 
Uh, and he said post game that he actually felt he still feels he he's adamant that he feels right. fine and he feels a lot better than last season. Yeah, um, it's he feels completely different, but the results haven't been there. It's one outing in the regular season, yes, but it just he looks the same. Yeah, exactly, and he confirmed. Basically, what we all knew after that game, he said, quote, I didn't have anything last year. We all knew that seeing it. It is kind of disheartening to hear the pitcher actually admit that he didn't have anything going out on the mound, and continually he was still thrown out on the mound. Eventually, he was moved to the bullpen, but basically saying, I didn't have anything. I didn't have any velocity. I didn't have any of my pitches. It clearly showed up, given the fact that he had uh, you know, a career-worst year, but it is disheartening to hear that. But he is saying, I have quite a bit now. I have some of my pitches back. We just didn't see it last night. He, average velocity, this is coming from Steve Molesky, uh, he threw just a tick under 90 miles per hour on his four-seam fastball, averaging last night. His, his breaking balls didn't seem to have a whole lot of movement. Not great, Paul. He got just two swings and misses, once again coming from Steve, on the entire night. He struggled. He really struggled. And But uh, he's going to be your fourth or fifth starter. So if he struggles, it's still not the end of the world. The struggles that we've seen from Andrew Kashner uh, and Kevin Gaussman might be of more concern because those are two guys that you would rely on to be your two and three uh, in your rotation. And they certainly did not impress in their first two starts of the season. No, but I'm looking forward to see what Alex Cobb can do when he gets up here. I mean, I... I, I it's hard to put all that pressure on one guy. I think mm-hmm. it's also not fair, yeah. considering there's four other guys and you get the job done. And considering he signed with this team just a few weeks ago. Right, right. So, I mean, he's, he's got his, he needs to take his time to get up here, get his body ready, obviously. Yeah. I think if we see Alex Cobb in his first couple of starts not looking like Alex Cobb that we know, right. that's a good signal to maybe start getting a little worried and upset. Um, again, four games. Uh, we haven't even seen the full rotation. Mike Wright Jr. going tonight um, against Verlander. Tough assignment, but you know it's he's, he's he earned the spot and he's got to go out there and, and prove that he he deserves to be in this rotation and he doesn't need to be sent to the bullpen, kind of like who he's done in the past couple years. Um, so it's a tough spot. Uh, I'm waiting to see what Alex Cobb can do and, and when he gets up here and um, hopefully Gosman gets tur- gets it turned around. Um, he he showed he showed flashes Saturday. Mm-hmm. No Sunday. He yeah. shot him flashes. He got gave up three home runs. That's never good. I think it was a first pitch home run too at the start of the game. That's always been his weakness. Though. But he he showed flashes that you know he looks a little more confident out there even after a tough start. Give him some time. Um, I, I'm 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 more concerned about the offense on the slow start. I agree. This offense is too good to not come around. But the fact that so many guys are hitting the way they are and just don't look completely comfortable at the plate. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen that offensive explosion yet. And and by this time last year we had or or in years past we have and this guy these guys are professional hitters as they say. Right. So I would like to see them produce more. And maybe tonight's the night, you know, you know, Verlander and Keiko aren't super you know, not not Superman. Yeah. You know, they're they're human. They can get they can get beat up. And and I think the Orioles actually these guys, this group of guys have good history against Verlander. You think back to the twenty fourteen AL division series, they got him in game one. So, um yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't get easier, but I would like to see this offense kind of open up. Absolutely. Uh, Trey Mancini, who hit a solo home run last night, broke a seventeen inning scoreless stretch. Uh, by the Orioles. Look, this team, any team that is a power hitter, power hitting team and a team that relies on the long ball can go through 
good stretches and go through bad stretches. They went through some incredible highs last year, a seven-game win streak in July, and they went through some very, very low lows as well, uh, particularly bottoming bottoming out in September. But that is kind of a... It's just a switch that the has to be turned on, and right now it is a dusty switch that is no one's even coming close to <laughs> in terms of the power. Uh, so that's that's the offensive side. And one more note on Gosman as well. Slow starter throughout his career. Last year he ended the month of April with an ERA at 750, uh, and people were kind of expecting him to uh, you know to bottom out maybe end up in the minors by year's end and he ended up turning things around getting that slowly getting that era all the way down right. yeah to that, the point that, where that's something we, that's something we've always known about kevin is he's a slow starter yeah usually always has a second a better second half than first half yeah um gives up a lot of home runs gives up a lot of home runs but on a good day kevin gosman he can pitch and he can he can win ball games for this club so i would like to see him turn around i think part of the frustration is people thought you know this is the year that Gosman needs to turn it around, yeah. so to speak. Like he needs to come out of the gate and give a full season. That was what I wanted to see out of him. That was one of my main concerns. I need to see a full start to finish from Kevin Gosman. Yeah, you know, win fifteen games, keep an ERA around three. Um, not a great start, but you know, if we're still talking about this a month from now and he still hasn't come around, Paul, it's a little, it's a little concerning. It is a little oh. concerning, and it it may be time to just say he he may not just be that guy at, at some point which would be a huge bummer for that for this club i mean at some point there were you know based on the stuff that he has and the ability to get locked in when he is there were some who thought this guy might be a future ace of a staff and it just kind of never turned out to be that it's way supposed to be gosman and bundy yeah. one two punch on that on that flip side bundy might be that guy given how uh, well he pitched in the opening day on, on opening day that's seven scoreless innings only give up five hits struck out seven he was terrific Phenomenal. everything that you would ask for from an opening day starter yeah uh if he can really be that guy he look he he has the mentality for it he has uh the ability to be that opening day guy that the question has just throughout his career always been kind of the same with hunter harvey a lot of it has been revolved around injuries He's fully healthy, feels good, and he's pitching so far one start in the best that he's pitched in his career. If he can be an ace of this staff, that would really help because they are in desperate need uh, of an ace. But I am very interested to see how Mike Wright does tonight. The phone rings, not for me, probably, because we are in Olivia's office. Should probably pick it up. Nah, nah. We'll let it ring. We'll let it ring Go to as voicemail. well. Uh, we're taking your calls on uh, the Mass and All Access <laughs> There is podcast. a way we could try to figure out how to do that. That would be great because we do want to hear from you guys. Uh, be sure to comment, especially on SoundCloud, Facebook, wherever we po- end up posting this. We also have been filming this, so hopefully we can get that video up on YouTube. Uh, we do want to hear from you guys as to what you guys think of where this team is at right now. How upset are you, and are you thinking that this team might you know, hit more of a swell than they already have before it starts to turn around and they start to make a push. Yeah. And we're also on Twitter at Paul Mancano. I'm yeah. at Bobby underscore Blanco. Please feel free to hit us up. Give us a follow. i uh, love to talk in baseball with you guys. Absolutely. One more note before we get out of here. Just want to talk about that schedule coming up because yes, it, is, yes. it is brutal. We need to touch on that. Um, you know, the, the Orioles might have the toughest schedule in all of baseball. Just about every team in the American League East might have the toughest schedule in all of baseball. Uh, after this series with the the Astros, in which they face two Cy Young pitchers, back to back days, they go on the road to the Bronx, face the Yankees for four straight games. Then after that, they have a little bit of an easier stretch with three games and then a day off against the Blue Jays. But right after that, four games at Fenway, 
And then later on in the month of April, they face uh, the Indians, uh, and just not not uh, not exactly the kind of thing you would want to start out a season. In the first four months of the season, no, sorry, first four weeks, the yeah. first month of the season, they're facing all five teams who made the playoffs in the AL last year. And potential World Series competitors this year. Yeah, and, well, you look at the Houston, New York, Boston, Cleveland. I mean, all those guys expect to make the playoffs again back yeah. this year. Tw- the Twins, we talked about how they're a good club this year. Should be should a contender. Be a, yeah, should be a I mean, your team. only quote-unquote breaks are three games against the Blue Jays and three games in Detroit. And then you go to Tampa Bay after you face Cle- – oh, no, you ha- you host Tampa Bay after mm-hmm. we host Cleveland and then host the Tigers again. So this, this month of April is just absolutely brutal. Um, and that's why I – you know – the strength when you face when you're facing tough clubs and teams that are, I mean let's just face it they're just better and there's they have a proven track record more recent track record of being better than the Orioles right on paper certainly you need your strengths to come out and perform and the strengths for this team are the bullpen and the power hitting and the power hitting has been there the bullpen's coming around um, O'Day has been look great the days look great Brock looked great in a not closer role <laughs> coming into the eighth inning where he's more comfortable mm-hmm. Miguel Castro looked phenomenal last night in Houston throwing heat. Um, so the bullpen's coming around, and then you just need the bats to come around. If, the, if they can score runs and stay in games, that's how this team's going to win early on before the pitching, the, start, the starting pitching, excuse me. Um, Absolutely. It gets into form. Uh, things will get better, people. Eventually, we don't know exactly how long. It's always darkest before the dawn. Hey. Uh, and look, it's going to get warmer, too, at some point. I don't know when. It's going to be 40s for a at week. At least it's not snowing. At least it's not snowing. Think that of is... that when you wake up tomorrow morning in Baltimore. It's exactly. not snowing. Yeah. Here. And at ho- New York. And hopefully it won't snow when they go to Yankee Stadium in a couple days. That's what I'm hoping, too, because I, you don't want to play a doubleheader this early. I mean, nope. you play the Yankees 19 times, so you can figure out it. But, I mean, th- it's just the, the way there's only – that whole month, this month of April, there's only one off day, the 12th, next Thursday. So you would like to hope not to play a doubleheader because yeah. of snow, of all things. Absolutely. At the very least, we can warm ourselves next to Rick Dempsey's hot takes. Yes. Uh, so that is about it for our Mass and All Access podcast. We'll be back again next week. Uh, we'll throw this video up on YouTube, hopefully. Be sure to comment along. Facebook, Twitter, follow us, at Bobby Blanco, at Bobby underscore Blanco. Thank you. At Paul Mancano, uh, give us a follow. If you're going to check out the game tonight, O's Extra starts at 7.30 on Madison. First pitch, 8.10 against the Houston Astros. Sounds good, and we will see you later.